0: Thanks for joining us today as you listen to a portion of a message recorded at Vine Life Church in Boulder, Colorado. If you'd like to connect with us further, you can visit us online at www.vinelife.com. It's a good day. Are you guys alive this morning? I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Hey, I, I'm excited to, uh, to talk for a little bit this morning. Uh, like Gwen said, if you're, if you're new with us here today, so excited you 're with us. My name is Luke, and i 'm one of the pastors here. So glad to have you with us and we 've been in this, uh, this teaching series over the last several weeks called "Loving on Location and and what that has to do with it is this practice that we call prayer walking," which that might be a new uh, uh, concept that might be a, a new word for you, and hopefully I can unpack that a little bit here today but it 's been a lot of fun uh, actually looking at this and, and uh, a lot of it, you know, as we, as we talked the, the last few weeks, one of the, the opening big ideas had to do with this reality that, that in Christ, um, there's a reality that w- when we walk in the anointing and the power and the glory of Christ, then everywhere we go, every place we go, it's not just in church services, but the places we live, the places we work, or we carry the favor and blessing and goodness of God, can anybody say amen to that in this place? And that's just good news. That's good news that anywhere I go, God is with me, and I get to extend to others what He has extended to me, which is grace and mercy and goodness and favor and provision in every step. And and in the Old Testament, um, you know, God promised this to His people in Joshua one three. He said this to Joshua: Every place that the sole of your foot will tread, I have given to you, just as prom- just as I have promised to Moses and. It was this Old Testament reality that that we get to kind of inherit this thing of, I I get to live and walk in the promise and the the goodness of God. And so we started from that place of just recognizing that even the steps we take are sacred in the kingdom of God. And then um, the last time we, we got a chance to talk about this, uh, we, we took it one step further and started talking about what it looks like to not just walk and be aware of the presence of God, but what it looks like to have the Word of God inside of us, to actually pray and proclaim God's words over the places that we live and the places that we work. And man, it's been so cool actually getting emails back and seeing people post about uh, different prayer walk experiences. And I'm just curious, over the last couple, three weeks since we've been talking about this, has anybody, has anybody like intentionally just been aware that like you've actually done a prayer walk somewhere uh, in your neighborhood? Yeah, see, that's so encouraging. And, and, uh, and some of those stories uh, have come back. And I know some of you have been prayer walking for years, right? Um, and, and that's something that you you do. But uh, this last couple weeks, um, there's been some people in the Vine Life community that have been have been doing like live like Facebook live feed videos, which is outrageous, right? Doing all kinds of stuff. Jeanette Ross, uh, she went out, she took a b- all of her kids, um, and she she's, she has her phone, and you know, and they go out on their street and they just start walking and talking and, and actually like praying out of Scripture over uh, their neighbors and neighbors' houses, and it was just really cool. Uh, Jenny Loveland did a uh, a prayer drive which is just upping the ante a little bit, right? A prayer drive, right? Covering much more uh, mileage um, than the prayer walk. And she as well took out her kids. And I don't know how safe that is recording a live video while driving, but we won't we won't get into that. Um, um, Gwen and Shannon just, just went crazy with it. They did a prayer cycle. So again, safety is, is maybe a concern here, but... I'm just going to lob that out there, Gwen. Um, but they, they cycled around their neighborhood. Just, again, praying. And these are all, by the way, we have a Facebook group. Um, for those of you who are on Facebook, we have a, a community group now. Um, and there's a little screenshot of it. If you go to facebook.com slash groups slash Vine Life, I think it is what it is, uh, you can see some of these live videos. Uh, Kynos, our high school students, got in on this. All right? Do we have any high schoolers in the room? Anybody? Okay, sweet. That's poor showing, but we'll go with it. No, I'm just joking. We love you guys. And they did an awesome, uh, they did a, a, an awesome thing. Like last Friday, they actually split up from youth group. They, they meet on Friday nights back in the theater. They actually left, and it was their idea. They went to their different high schools and prayer walked around their high schools declaring the goodness and provision and promises of God. Come on. And so they're in on it. Um, and I love, I talked to Debbie, uh, who, who, who oversees some of our intercessory prayer efforts. She was talking about, she's like, yeah, I haven't done a lot of prayer walking, but I was in a hot tub this last week and I got into a conversation. And I said, all right, you know, we'll, we'll, let's go with it. Prayer tubbing, add it to the list. <laughs> Hashtag prayer tubbing. Okay. So I, I don't know if you kind of catch the, you know, the, the progression here. But the mode of transportation or activity is interchangeable, all right? Fill in the blank. Um, prayer skydiving. Let's just throw that out there, right? Prayer canoeing, kayaking, prayer rafting, right? Um, gosh, we can get creative. And, and, I think, uh, um, and I think maybe you can hear the heart here. It's not as much about what you're doing, as it is about growing in the awareness of God's presence and purposes in the places that you're living, the place, places that you're going, right? And um, But it is, it is, it is some, there's something special about going out. It is true that you can pray from home, right? And some of you have been doing that as well. You know, uh, I've got emails from people that are just in their living rooms. I'm just going to pray for my neighbors, and that's awesome. And that, that's effective. And, and the cool thing about prayer walking is that Prayer walking isn't necessarily more effective, but what it does is it has the potential to be more informed, okay? Because when you're able to walk, when you're able to go, and you're taking in the sights and the sounds and the experiences of the places you're living, it doesn't make your prayers necessarily more effective, but when the Holy Spirit shows you something specifically, it informs you on how to agree with God's purposes. You see that? And so I would encourage you as you continue to do this, and, and, and all of us. This is something we can all do. This is something I would encourage all of us to continue to do. And send in your stories of how this is working out for you. It's not as much about like this duty or obligation. All right, I got to go. Guess I got to go prayer walk now. It's not this thing of I need to do this for God. It's this invitation we get to do this with God. Because what is God doing? He's seeking and saving the lost. He's seeking and saving those He loves in this world, right? And that's what I love about this marriage here that's happening is, you know, we're a people that we love, especially Violet. I man we love to come and worship. We love the presence of God as experienced in a community of believers and a community of saints. And we worship together. There's something special and unique about us coming together, joining these hearts, joining our hearts together. And there's a special presence of God that we experience here. But I also believe it is this training ground so we can discern the presence of God out in our neighborhoods right? And so it's this marriage of of everything we love about a church service. Prayer walking is a marriage of what we love about a church service, married with what God loves about the world, which is people. And so we get to take a heart of worship, a heart of presence, a heart of listening, and fellowshipping with the Father, Son, and Spirit who is always with us, and then just take that to the places that we go. And and uh, so it is. It is in my experience see, Something opens up when we begin to pay attention to the places we go. For instance, even when, um, even times where I'm able to go out of the country for specific ministry trips, um, and we know that we're going to go and do a conference in Brazil or in Costa Rica or Mexico or wherever, um, um, you know, there's there's a place where I'm able to pray before I go. Like I can pray. I can prepare my heart. I can ask God. God, would you show me who it is and the types of things that you want me to to believe for and to minister to as I go? And and I, I believe that's true, but there's something special. When I get on a plane and my feet hit the ground and I begin to interact with and talk and actually walk the streets and to be with the people, there's something inside of me that opens up and I begin to see through a new lens like, oh wow, yeah, God, this is This is what you're doing. This is what's happening here in this land. And I think Jesus even shows us this practice. He shows, he models this for us as well. And if you have your Bibles, you can open up to the Gospel of Matthew. It's the first book in the New Testament. Uh, Matthew chapter 9. I like to hear those rattling of pages. You know, I like that. Um, Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. And and this is kind of coming in at this point in the chapter where Jesus is, he's on a roll, story after story of, you know, raising people to life and healing the lame and healing the sick. And we come into this passage. Matthew chapter 9 verse 35 it says this and Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and affliction don't you love that proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom isn't just word it's a deed too so we get to go with our words but with a demonstration so we get to heal the sick as we proclaim to them good news come on this is good stuff And so he's proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. Verse 36. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers, into his harvest. And so if, if you have a pen with you, I, I just in, in your Bible, I think this is really important. Verse 36, I want you to underline or circle this phrase in verse 36, when he saw, and then the next phrase, he had compassion. So we read that Jesus was traveling. He wasn't staying. He was traveling. He was going into cities and villages. He's going to where the people were. That's what he was doing. He was healing every disease and every affliction, and he's proclaiming, hey, there's a new kind of life available, the kingdom of God, right? He wasn't just proclaiming heaven after, after earth, or he wasn't just proclaiming life after death. He's proclaiming there is a new type of reality that's available here now. I'm going to show you what it looks like, right, through healing every disease and affliction, and then I'm going to invite you to be a part of that, right? But verse 36 captures something fascinating. As he's going, it says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them. And I, I love this. Um, I love that Jesus, the way that the Scripture captures how even his heart is moved as he sees people and he's with people. right? In the Gospel of Luke records this, um, this passage a little bit differently. Because it was as he was sending out his disciples, the 72 disciples, he told them, Hey, listen. Pray that, pray that the Lord would send laborers because there is a harvest, but the laborers are few. And he does the same thing in the Gospel of Luke in a different context here. But it says that when he saw the crowds, he had compassion. And, um, and I think that's an important place to stop here for a second. Because I just want you to think about when you see the people in your life, when you see the people you interact with, when you see the people in your neighborhood, and your office place, what is... What starts to bubble up inside of you? What starts to bubble up inside of you? And it says he had compassion because he saw them, and he, it says that they were harassed and helpless. but you know, the maybe a better definition of those two words in Greek are um, distressed and dispirited. And he saw them, and he noticed something about them, and his heart began to leap. And so then he instructs his disciples. And how to pray. And it's one of the only other times, besides the Lord's Prayer, that Jesus actually tells his disciples specifically what to pray for. That doesn't happen. That doesn't happen often. But he tells them specifically to pray this way. He said, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his field, into his harvest. And so I've been confronted with this passage recently, just asking that question before the Lord. God, when I see the people in my city, what, becomes, what begins to well up? I'm not sure if I would say it's compassion right now. I think it's growing into that. I'm just going to be vulnerable with you. A lot of times, I, I, I don't even know if I've got to the seeing. I'm just busy driving through and getting from one place to another, Or maybe I see cars and I see houses and I see streets. But I'm realizing that when I see people, it hasn't necessarily been compassion. Sometimes it's just been indifference. Sometimes it's been when I see crowds, I I feel overwhelmed, like the work is too much. Uh, Sometimes I think... Potentially maybe for you, sometimes we, we see people and maybe we feel a pride of like, oh, I, I'm glad I got it together. I'm glad God saved me and, you know, hopefully they get their thing. But it's not necessarily compassion. It's just more than like, wow, I'm glad I'm in, I'm in the safe zone. I'm at home base, right? Got the fire insurance for for, for for life after death, right? Like, all right, I got my crap together. I'm hoping that they can kind of figure it out. And If we're honest, some of us are maybe there, right? And so you agree with Jesus when he says... You know, he sees the crowds and they're harassed and helpless. And maybe sometimes you feel like that too. Like, wow, how pathetic, right? Like, whoa, look at these weaklings, right? I'm not saying that you actually have said that or think that. But sometimes when we see the people we interact with, what comes to mind or what starts to surface might not be compassion. It might be something else. And it's a good question, though, of for you, as you see, as you're developing eyes to see, what is it that's overflowing in your heart? And I, and I believe that in these places, I think for some of us, we've gotten so used to driving to work and driving home from work and parking the car in the garage and going to get the mail and, and doing the, the yard work or doing the kind of this normal routine stuff that our eyes have even stopped seeing people. We just see schedules and routines and these practices and these rhythms. Right? and I believe, I believe that this whole idea of prayer walking, the reason this matters for us, not only is violent, but I think in our culture, is it's, it's this invitation to awaken again that we live in a world of people that desperately need hope and love, that need to be met with the affection of Jesus in their lives, and that God did not position us in our neighborhoods flippantly. I'll just, I'll just, I guess I'll just throw you over there, right? I guess, you know, I can't, couldn't find anywhere for, for you to live. The, the housing market's pretty weak right now or whatever. We're going to put you in that neighborhood. No, 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 no. Do you, do you understand the sovereignty of God um, is about taking the ones who have been redeemed by God out of the most broken lives and then using them and planting us in places to offer that same kind of redemption to the places that we live, right? And that's what prayer walking, it changes things. Prayer walking has the ability, it's this practice has ability to turn neighborhoods into mission fields, to turn homes into ministry centers, to turn believers into missionaries, and to turn renters and residents into landlords and owners. Do you realize that where you're positioned, as we begin to partner with how God has positioned us there, we can actually walk this land with an owner's mentality versus a renter's mentality? And that means I'm not, I'm not going to be passive towards these relationships, but I'm going to trust that God has positioned me here to be an apostle, a, pa- a pastor, an evangelist, a prophet, a teacher within this context. That's something he's given not just to the, the paid church leaders, he's given that to all believers who are willing to wake up to that awareness and agree with him about reality. Are you guys with me on that? And so I believe that developing eyes to see is really important. And maybe some of you, as you're prayer walking, that's been, the, that's been the question. You're like, okay, I guess I'll try this out. But what am I actually doing? What am I looking for? What am I, what am I even praying for, right? And I love one of the stories of, that Graham Cook shared last time he was here. For those of you guys familiar with Graham Cook, he, he shared this story about uh, um, walking the streets of his city back in the UK and and. He came across an empty warehouse building. And it, it was on that prayer. He noticed something, right? He's on this walk. He notices an empty warehouse building and immediately connects that um, with what he knows about the statistics of the city, which is the unemployment rates. And so he starts to pray. He feels the Spirit of God prompt him to pray as he sees this, this building. And he begins to pray that this warehouse would no longer be vacant but it would begin, it would be taken, it would, the, the, a, a company, a manufacturer would move in and actually create jobs and stir up the economy. And he prayed over this place, I forget how long it was, months, maybe even years. And he would go around, and he would circle, and he would proclaim. And then he finally gets noticed that, that a huge corporation is moving in and actually providing jobs and actually tackling this unemployment rate thing. And that's exactly how this works. When God moves us out to notice things with him, things begin to stir in our hearts in a way that doesn't happen when we're just praying on our chair in our home. Are you guys with me on that? And so we're developing eyes to see, and there's different ways that this can look. And I know like in my neighborhood, there's... Um, I'm learning to, to break this, trying, trying to cooperate with the Lord, breaking this culture of isolation that happens, that happens to be present in, in my neighborhood. We love our neighborhood in Erie. I love it. We believe that God arranged for us to live there. I believe that God has positioned us there. Um, but it's become really hard because it's not the type of neighborhood where everybody's out on the streets and talking. In fact, it's like it, more so than that, like everybody just wants to be left alone, Right? And uh, I think that's the case, probably with a lot of suburban neighborhoods. But as a as an owner in the neighborhood, as a resident, as somebody that's been positioned, as, I believe that God has positioned us there again, not to not just as this functional place to live, but as a place to extend the blessing of God. I'm, I'm, we're doing our best to to get to, to to get into scenarios where we're able to meet our neighbors. What are we looking for? We're, we're looking to to meet the people we live with. I created this map. Uh, on, on my computer of like all the names of the people that live I live next to, and that might sound pretty sketchy to you um, that, so- that that even saying it that sounds a little odd um, you know and, and so you know it 's not some kind of uh yeah i 'm not stalking my neighbors per se, but kind of um. And uh, it's really more because I'm terrible with names, right? And so I just created this little list so I can go and I can greet them by name. I can actually learn things about them, right? Um, But walking the neighborhoods, there's uh, there's so many things to look for. Trying to spend more time in my front yard than my backyard just so I can purposefully, accidentally get into conversations. Looking for houses for sale. Who are the neighbors moving in? Who are the neighbors moving out? How do we bless those homes as more people are positioned, so we can begin, again, to build bridges of relationship. Um, One of the things I've been doing is even looking in driveways, a lot of business owners will have their businesses like plastered on their car. Um, Business names, you know, different tradesmen will have like vans or whatever with, with whatever they do for a living. I'm able to then, now that I know what they do, able to bless those businesses and say, God, we just thank you. Um, for favor and for provision for them. We thank you, Lord God, for people to be helped through their business, that people would be added value to, that they would be blessed in the way they conduct business. Um, and, and, and so it creates this way of being informed. And then, and then as, you know, as, as I'm paying attention and, and trying to do this, you know, we were out with, um, even last night, you know, this huge concert in the park in, in our city in Erie. And uh, just paying attention to the spiritual climate, you know, and to be quite honest, everyone seems pretty happy, right? And so, you know, when Jesus says he saw the crowds and they were harassed and helpless, I'm like, I'm at this concert in the park thinking, wow, everyone seems generally to be doing pretty well, right? The beer could have something to do with that. But everyone seems to be pretty jovial, right? And, and so there's this thing, I think, sometimes when we're interacting with people, we have to ask God, God, show us, give us a vision below the surface to show us what's happening. And, and my heart, as I've been, as I've been asking God to, to, to stir up in my heart some of the things he sees, I, I bec- I've become more aware of these family issues that are happening, divorces, abuses, um, loneliness, uh, you know, drug use, all these things that are that, that are happening that, that I don't necessarily see on the surface, but as as I'm spending time with people, as I'm actually walking and building these relationships, it's really clear, man, there's, there's things under the surface that I would agree that Jesus, man, God, it, sometimes it feels like sheep without a shepherd. And instead of, instead of that making me seem like, man, I'm glad I'm not them, instead of this arm's length thing happening, what's what's starting to happen is these places of passivity and and indifference that I've been in, I believe God's given me a picture of what it looks like to be filled with compassion and power and activity and participating, actively participating in the kingdom of God. And this is a good word for us because some of you know what it feels like to be passive. In fact, you know, I struggle with leaving a church service feeling like I just did God's work, and now I just want to go home and sit on my hammock because it's just a, a beautiful day outside. And there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. In fact, I'll probably do that. But there's a shift, though. I'm, I'm, I'm so for having fun and, 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 inner, and, and, and going and enjoying family time and enjoying these activities at home, but I, I believe that God wants to give us a better picture of what it looks like to still see with his eyes even as we're doing that, even as we're doing those things with our families. Does that make sense? It's not really an either or. We get to live with the compassion and love with Jesus in everything that we do. But it is something we have to be intentional about. And it doesn't just happen. Prayer walking is a start for us to see with God's eyes, to live on sight with his sight, with heaven's sight, of the places we go, and I've been working on this a little bit, and it's been hard because the last few few uh, few years, getting to know a new city, getting to know the you know what's happening, how do I get to know the needs? It doesn't always appear like there's a lot of needs because suburban Colorado, we get really good at masking uh, our lives with these pretty. Pictures, you know, the white picket fences and the, these really well-composed versions of what our life, what we want to display for the rest of the world. We do this. And, and I've been asking God, you know, as I've been driving through my city, God, how do, how do I, um, how can I see what's really happening? Give me ways to do that. and And, and I believe that there's simple ways that's happened. One of the things that happened recently was I, uh, I decided to email the principal where my son goes to school at Erie Elementary, and I said, hey, I'm just curious. What are the needs of the school? What's happening here? And, um, and so she connected me with this other organization called Erie Uplink, and uh, I began talking with these ladies who are actually believers, but they aren't able to say that because they're working with the school. Um. And uh, they, they stumbled into this scenario where one of their kids went to school and, and he was started coming home every day asking for more food to take to school. And uh, after, you know, a couple weeks of this, his mother says, why are you taking all of our food to school? And then he basically fills her in. I've been, my friends don't have enough food for this, the rest of this month, and so I've been giving them some of my snacks. And then she began to put two and two together, realizing that, that there's actually a hunger issue. There's actually like kids who don't have enough to eat, that, that don't, that don't, have, that don't have, have enough, you know, even the, 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 the lunch wasn't enough. And so they started this organization where they started creating, filling backpacks with snacks and drinks and food that they would send home with these kids on long weekends, like holiday weekends, so they actually had more to eat at home. And uh, it started with a few kids. It's up to 105 kids they do this with. And she was sharing stories of, of kids that would go to school in kindergarten. This is in Erie, by the way. Uh, kids that would go to school, and they were, the teachers would notice these kids were crying because they hadn't had anything to eat that morning. They were, they were literally like crying because of the hunger inside, right? And so they started this thing where it's like, no, we've realized that you, know, you wouldn't think this in Erie, but they found out there's 105 kids. 105 kids. Um, that actually aren't resourced enough um, to be able to have enough food for, you know, just to live, right? And so that's what they've been doing. And so, you know, probably later this year, I'm going to be, and anybody who wants to join me, going to be partnering with this group to fill up these backpacks. But I tell you that story, As an example of we don't always see, what we see with our eyes doesn't always give us the real insight of what's happening under the surface. But whether it's hunger, or whether it's loneliness, or whether it's abuse, all these things, God wants to to create in us this intentionality to not just settle for surface level passive living in our neighborhoods, but to take us deeper, to be agents of blessing. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. And this is the type of stuff we get to do, but it requires, what it requires us is both the desire and the ability to to let our hearts be moved by what moves his. When you see, are you able to feel compassion? Are you able to do that? Are you able to move with what he's showing you? And, And so real practically, for those of you who want just like a couple real practical steps, um, this is what I would encourage you to do. If this is like brand new, like some of you this is maybe real basic. Some of you this is brand new or at least uh, you haven't yet stepped into this type of lifestyle of living with blessing, living and engaging the places you live, not as just a resident, but as, a, as an owner, as a landlord within your land. Um, here's what I invite you to do. Go home, pull up Google Maps. This is what I did even this last week, pull up Google Maps and type in your address, okay? And then draw a circle around, uh, like a two-mile circle around where you live, okay? So that's what I did, two-mile circle, all right? And then I started making a list of what are all of, like, the the points of reference within our community um, where people are engaging, they're leading. Um, So I started making a list of different school names and principals, churches, business names, owners, city council, members just actually getting to know who are the city council, nonprofits, that type of thing. And I started just putting Xs, all right, within two miles of where I live. What are the, who is represented here? What are the neighborhoods? What are the things happening? And how can I, like, write those things down? And when I drive past them, when I walk past them, when I consider them, when God brings them to mind, how can I not just say, oh, police department, that's interesting, and just drive by? But how can, in my spirit, I begin to partner with 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 agreeing with what they're after and lowering crime rates and, and increasing safety within our community. How can I agree with that? When I'm going by these schools, instead of saying, Oh, I'm I'm just glad we have a school, how can I begin to learn the names of teachers and principals and school leaders and, and those in the system that I can I can pray for and bless for strength, for energy, for provision, and, and that they would be filled with the gospel of Jesus Christ that it even come out in the way they teach that young people would catch a vision for what life could look like, right? And it begins, what happens is as we begin to do this, it begins to, it begins to change the way that we engage. And I believe that we're in a time and day where we, uh, we cannot, we cannot as the body of Christ walk out of here with a passive mentality, we have to learn to agree with God about what He has said about us that as we go into all the world, His Spirit is with us, reconciling the whole world to Himself. And this is the lifestyle of prayer. This is the lifestyle of mission. This is the lifestyle of recognizing the holiness and the sacredness of these places that we get to go to, okay? Are you guys with me? Hey, next week, One of the things we're going to do next week is we're going to have a kind of a cool experience. I'm going to call it Prayer Walking 360. And we're going to have a table up here and we're inviting a few people within the community to share what this is looking like in their lives. And we're going to ask them a few questions. That's going to be like the sermon next week. You're not going to want to miss it because the people that are going to be sharing are going to not only excite you, but it's going to give you imagination for what this can look like in your world. But let's let's do this together. Can we stand in this place? And I believe the invitation this morning, um, as it relates to what Jesus said to His disciples, I believe I, I want to. I believe we're to pray for the way that we see, and what we're praying for is harvest eyes. That when we see people, we don't just see these beings, creatures coming and going, but we see a harvest. And I believe that that's what God is up to, that God is up to his kingdom is breaking in. When he said the harvest is plentiful, what he is referring to is a, a kingdom that is ripe to be gathered in and to be made manifest on this earth. And what he's praying for, he said, pray to the Lord of the harvest, for laborers, and I think what was really tricky about that is that as his disciples began to pray that prayer, they realized they were praying for themselves. You see how he did that? He just totally turned one on them. He pulled the wool over their eyes. He sends them out in the Gospel of Luke. He sends them out the 72, and he says, by the way, as you go pray, pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would send out laborers, and they're like, I guess I'm the, I guess I'm the laborer. Uh, I guess we'll pray for ourselves, right? And so if, if that's you today and, and you would like Jesus to help you see like he sees with harvest eyes, again, we do this thing where we put our hands out. All that means is we're receiving a gift. You know, that's kind of one of the, the funny things that we do. But I'm, and some of you might even just put your hands over your eyes and pray for your eyes, the eyes of your spirit, but even your natural eyes that we would see things and notice things that we didn't see or notice before. We would see and notice people that that were just passerbys before. And so, God, today, as your people, we thank you, God, that you have invited us to do what you're doing. And today, as we share this space, we talk about this practice of prayer walking, I thank you um, that you're training us, God. You're training us in righteousness. You're training us to follow you. You're training us to notice clues, as to what you're up to God and I thank you God that as we see things this week as we walk our neighborhoods as we walk our city streets God I thank you to help us see things that we wouldn't normally see and that you would send us on a treasure hunt God to find your your promises and your purposes God I thank you that your harvest is ripe it has been for the last since you showed up on the scene the harvest is ripe and you're looking for those who are willing To gather in the fruit of the kingdom, to be made manifest until the whole earth looks like heaven. I thank you, Lord God, that you're sending us out with your your passion and your fire and your love until the whole earth looks just like heaven does. So send us in your power, send us in your strength, send us with your eyes, send us with compassion, God. Send us, Lord God, to heal every affliction and every disease, God. Send us with the spirit of prophecy. Send us with words of knowledge. Send us with the power of love, Lord God, that will flip the world upside down just like it did 2,000 years ago, God. I thank you, Jesus, for a new way of seeing and a new way of being. Bless the places where our feet tread. And it's in your name we pray, together as your people. Amen. Amen. Hey, can we thank Jesus for what he's doing?